have a mic and you have a phone. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Start of the show talking about Anthony Volpe, but while we're happy about Volpe and excited, and I can't wait to see what he could do up here at the big league level, and I'm glad that the Yankees gave him the opportunity, a real opportunity, to win that job and then stuck with their word. You know what? Coming in the spring, it was Peraza's job to lose. Well, guess what? He lost it because Anthony Volpe went out there and took it. So good for Volpe to take advantage of an opportunity. He earned it, and good for the Yankees to give the guy that earned it the job as opposed to, you know, I feel like it would have been easier to just give it to Peraza and let Volpe play in, in AAA a little bit where he's, you know, didn't play many games there. Let him play in AAA a little bit and see, you know, get take some time, see how things play out, whether guys get hurt, whether you make a, you're able to make a trade and go from there. But Peraza didn't do enough to earn the job in spring. Volpe did more than enough. He had to imp- overly impress, which he did. So he gets the job, and that's exciting. But to me, the bigger issue is the lat issues from Severino, who's now, again, another Yankee pitcher, and Severino's always hurt, another Yankee pitcher on the shelf. Yankees have lost three-fifths of their starting rotation and opening days Thursday. I mean, think about that. Montas, Rodon, Sevi out. With Rodon, yeah, he looks great. He won't be seen until May. Who knows with Severino here? Montas, forget about Yankees have rotation issues. Coming into the year, this was a team with, on paper anyway, one of, if not the best rotation in Major League Baseball. And now it's a team with Cole, Cortez, Herman, Schmidt, and Johnny Brito. Now, Yankees will be able to overcome it. Nobody's panicking here saying they're not going to make the postseason. Don't get me wrong. But going into the season like this, starting the year out, that rotation... It's not good at all. They have the ace, and they have Nestor. And look, I think Cortez will be fine. Maybe not as good numbers-wise as he was a year ago, but he should be trusted. I mean, you could trust Cortez to be a legit number two or like a, you know, between a number two and a number three type starter. The other guys, Herman and Schmidt and Brito, who knows? Rodon was brought here for a reason. Severino was expected to be... You know, having a big year, walk year, a guy who could pitch like a number two was going to be a fourth starter for the Yanks. So the Volpe stuff kind of overshadowing maybe the more important stuff with their rotation being banged up. We also talked about the Mets, and on one side of town, you have the Yankees giving a young top prospect an opportunity. He went out there and, and took it, and they're giving him the call up. He'll be playing on opening day at shortstop for the Yankees on Thursday for the Mets. They decided to send Beatty and Vientos back down, along with, obviously, Alvarez and Mauricio. No surprise, but Mets fans freaking out a little bit over that. You have to just understand that with this veteran team, Ruff and Vogelback are going to get an opportunity at DH. Uh, the, the question is, how long of a leash are they going to have? Going to be a month, two months, all-star break? What are we looking at? 
How long does Vogelback and Ruff get to show that, in fact, uh, they do suck? That's the question. Nobody's surprised, though, going in. And with Beatty, you know, maybe he could force his way up here. Maybe if Vogelback and Ruff struggle, they move, they bring Beatty up, have him play third, move Escobar to DH. There are different ways the Mets could do it. Bottom line is for the Mets, they're thin. They're thin in the lineup, and they're thin in the bullpen. Bullpen. Uh, you know, unfortunately, things went the way that they did with Carlos Correa. Unfortunately, things went the way that they did with Edwin Diaz. And the Mets had, you know, if you add those two pieces, those are huge pieces. One we thought they had, never did. The other they did have, and he's out for the year. And going in, that hurts them. Because on paper, they need another big bat. On paper, they need a closer. And I do believe they'll get those guys, but we thought the same thing last year going into the season. Okay, the Mets need a big bat. Just wait to see what happens at the deadline. They'll get one. They need a bullpen arm. Wait to see what happens at the deadline. They'll get one. And they didn't. Partly because there weren't many good options. Partly because they didn't want to part with what they had. But either way, they didn't. I trust this year they will get what they need. And the other difference between the two clubs, remember, the Mets are still in the early stages of building a consistent winner. The Yankees have proven that they could do that for 30 years. So that's why nobody worries about the Yankees making the postseason or not. With the Mets, a little bit of a different story being that, you know, it's a franchise that's made the postseason back-to-back years only twice in franchise history. 99-2000, That's it. So this is still the beginning stages coming off a 101-win season you know, and, and a disappointing one at that, the way that they got swept by Atlanta and lost in the wildcard round. They, they still have a lot to prove here as far as being a team that you could trust. I, there's still a part of me, and I know some, some Met fans as well, some of you guys who have called, and you know, there's still a part of me that still doesn't trust it just yet. I think they're a good club. I need to see them go out there and do it again in a very difficult division where they are clearly the third best lineup. And remember the biggest advantage the Mets had over the Phillies and Braves was their closer. Diaz made their bullpen no doubt better than Atlanta or Philadelphia because he was a dominant lights out closer. Now they don't have that. And they also don't have the bats to match those other two teams. 877-337-6666. 877-337-6666. Eric is calling from Ron Conkama. Good morning, Eric. Hey, Sal. Good morning. You just nailed something I wanted to bring up. But before I get to that, I just want to ask you, because you mentioned it last week, when when you went to that game down in Port St. Lucie, did you get to pick Epler's brain at all on anything or just, uh, yes. just enjoy yes, the game? So I, yeah, no, we, I talked with uh, – Epler came over. I was sitting with Terry Collins. Epler came over and introduced himself to Terry Collins. I was sitting with Terry, so I introduced myself to Billy Epler, and then we ended up talking the whole game. So yeah, we uh, we talked, and I was I was peppering him with a lot of uh, questions off the record stuff, though. Uh, okay. Well, uh, well, let me ask it this way then: anything to your satisfaction? How about that? I mean, I didn't get into specifics with, let's say, like like one thing I'd, I'd want to hit him with would be like, dude. Come on, Vogelback and Ruff, really? So I didn't hit him. Yeah, I didn't hit him with that, although I was thinking it. Um, But 
uh, I was put it this way. I came away. Both Terry Collins and I came away extremely impressed with Billy Epler. And my number okay. one thing out of that conversation would be that I have no doubt. And this is not just me being soft and easily bought, and because he was nice to me or whatever. This is this is the truth. I have no doubt in my mind that there is nobody better equipped to be this team's general manager than Billy Epler. Okay, because I know a lot of people had reservations initially with, you know, when he was you know brought over and all that, and I don't really know much about him other than what he's done here so far. So, Well, that, here's what you need to know. Think, good, you know. Th- yeah, think about this. He Forget what he did with the Angels. He came up in the Yankees organization. What's something right. that the Mets have right now that was similar to when he was coming up with the Yankees organization? Well, so Walter. Well, I mean, yes, but the the big thing is the owner who has high expectations and lofty demands. He's prepared for that. He's he knows the expectations and pressures that New York can bring, and that an owner that is giving you all the resources possible, the pressures that that can bring, and he's prepared to handle it. I, I was very yeah. impressed with Billy Apple. And yeah, my, I had, is, look, I had questions about him as well, but I don't anymore. Well, that, okay, that, that's exactly what I was hoping to hear. Because I, I, I know we all, like like I mentioned, we all had you know some uh, concerns slash questions, however you want to put it, uh, about him. But you know, hearing that you came out of that experience in a, in a more positive outlook is, is a good thing. Now, now look, I mean, this weekend has been listening to a lot of the callers and everything. I mean, look, I mean, we've all addressed it as far as they need a bat. The Korea thing fell through, whatever. The DS thing is, is terrible, all that. I still don't understand why Ruff is on the team, whatever. Okay. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, it sounds like from a lot of people that this season is over already. I mean, can we let this, can we let the first quarter of the season at least play out a little bit? I mean, we start a lot, a few, the first several games against the Marlins. Then we go out to the West Coast in what, what I think is probably one of the earliest West Coast trips that we've ever had. You know, so maybe we'll be catching them at, at a good time at the beginning of the season. Can we see how things play out first? I mean, I mean, look, I mean, the Phillies just lost Hoskins to uh, probably the whole year, right? With yeah. his ACL. ACL things things yeah. happen. You know, right. Things happen, you know, to some other teams other than the Mets. You know, so can we see how things play out? I mean, you know, maybe they'll be what we are worried about, and maybe you know it'll it'll be the same as last year, and, and we can get excited again. I'm just uh, I can't. I'm really surprised about all the. Yeah, it's been negative. It, it, it is. It has been negative, and thank you for the call, Eric. There's no question that the Met fan has been negative. Yankee fans, you can't find them for some reason, and a Met fan has been negative. Uh, you know, I, it's one thing to take victory laps for Volpe. There's no need to be doing that. But there are question marks about the Yankees starting rotation. If this were happening to the Mets, I mean, the Mets fans would be lighting up the phone lines, calling and complaining. Yankee fans are like, eh, no big deal. I, I just don't understand that. There's got to be concerns with the Yankees starting rotation. Anyway, with the Mets, it's not like it's the worst thing in the world. But there's always, I don't know, until they shake it, I guess, over the course of the next three to five years, let's say, there's always going to be that doubt, even though they're coming off a, you know, one of the more successful regular seasons in franchise history. There's always going to be that doubt. 
and even with Epler, and I was guilty of it last year getting on him. Well, you're not going to get on Steve Cohen, right? How can you get on King Cohen? He's done anything that, everything you could possibly ask. You're not going to get on Bach because it's Bach. So who's going to be take the brunt? Billy Epler. How come you didn't get anybody at the trade deadline? But in reality, there were reasons for that. You know, remember, too, Max Scherzer was hurt at the end of last year. That's unfortunate because if you have a full-bore, healthy Max Scherzer, you might have a different result in Atlanta or against San Diego. Anyway, no need to go back and revisit last year, but for a team that had as much success as they did a year ago, there is a lot of negativity. The Correa thing probably started it because, remember, when they got Correa, the sentiment from everybody was World Series or bust. This team's going to go win the World Series. This team should win the World Series, could win the World Series, whatever. That's the expectation. Then they lose Correa, and it's like, all right, well, still have high expectations, but they're not there yet. They're not complete yet. And then from there, it got a little worse because they lost Edwin Diaz. And now it's, oh, God, here we go again. World Series or bust year, they lose their closer to start the year. For the entire year. So that's why you could understand the negativity to a certain extent. Speaking of negativity, Hector in Washington Heights. Good morning, Hector. <laughs> what the heck is that? I'm you know you what that's negativity. about. Yeah. You, you want negativity? You want to talk about... Listen, I love you, Sal. I'm not easily bought. If there's one thing we've learned is that you are easily bought with that display oh, you put on over there with the Islanders. So don't give me that nonsense. Stop but, it. I'm not easily bought. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but Most before days. we get on the events of this weekend and, and uh, my temperament, <laughs> isn't it something? I, I don't know what you do, but when I saw that video with, with the Yankees and Volpe, not only do they call the, they give the, they call the kid up and say he, you know you're in the majors the day after the Mets do their fiasco, but if you listen, I, I think Boone even took a dig at the Mets with his little line about yo I I still think you got benchmarks to to reach, but I think no that had nothing to do with the Mets. Trust me, that's <laughs> that's an organ. Will you stop? It had nothing to do with the Mets. By the way, Hector, and I know you're bothered. You think they're not no, they're not. They're not. I know you're bothered that the Mets didn't call up Beatty or uh, Vientos. Which Met prospect had a spring like Volpe did? No, 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 no. no listen, the kid, the kids earned it. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We're not going to get into who had the spring because that's that's not what it's about. And I really well, no, it is. It is exactly about that. He earned it. He had a dominant spring. You can't sit here and he say, "Well, you know what, Beatty so dominated so the spring." Now, Beatty was not dominant this spring. Not like that. Well, he wasn't dominant, but he earned the, he earned the job. He don't have to be dominant. He was good enough to earn the job on his team. I'm sorry. No, those guys, you you had to go above and beyond to get the job because they were up against it to begin with. Odds are they were never making the team to begin with, so you really had to impress. And while Beatty was good, he wasn't there yet. So Also, also you have to understand. One more thing, and I'll let you go here. You know, obviously, you can say whatever you need to say. The The Yankees had an opening at shortstop. The Mets did not have an opening at third base. That's the difference. We can, we can argue that Mets have two openings, but, but, but okay. I understand what you're saying. I totally understand what you're saying. But before we get into that, cause I, want to, I want to laugh a little bit still. 
I think the thing with Pete, right, is, and this is probably not fair, right? When you were talking about Pete a little while ago, why does it feel like Pete doesn't get the respect or whatever the case may be? And I look at Judge, right? And I, like I said, this is probably not fair because Yankee fans will probably tell you otherwise. But it just seemed like, especially last season, any time the Yankees were down or maybe even tie game, end of the game, and Judge came up, you felt confident this dude was going to hit a bomb out the park. With Pete, yeah, those numbers you're spitting out, they're great. They're great. But if you watch the games, I don't know if you have that same confidence as a Mets fan. Sometimes with Pete, you know, because he didn't seem to come through. I mean, that was... Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, after hitting 62 home runs in the regular season. At a horrible postseason, I know. Was booed. He was booed in the postseason. Like I said, it's probably not a fake comparison, but I just thought of that. I just how I look at it, and why maybe why I sometimes don't give Pete. I give him his pops, but maybe not as much as I should. But let's get to the to the to the nitty gritty here. And Sal, you know what? Like I said, man, I love you, Sal. You you know I appreciate you. You've done some good things for me. You gave me a nice Mary Buckman sweater, and Sal was so tempted to take that sweater and Photoshop angry Buckman on it. This weekend, and 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 put it out on Twitter with a rant because that's what I was. And why do why I say angry? You, why are you so mad? Why are you angry? Why I'm so mad with the Mets? I mean, I know why you're angry at other things. Why are you so angry with the Mets? <laughs> <laughs> because uh, like Darren Ruff cannot be on this team. I don't care what you or anybody tells me. Darren Ruff is not the level of player that I have to give a chance to to let me see if he has anything left. I know he, he never really had anything. You understand what I'm saying? He never really had anything. They had to find these spots where he supposedly is great at. And you can tell me he was good with it. I don't care. I don't care. This guy had to go over to Korea to, Korea to revive his career. You understand what I'm saying? And then you bring him here. On a trade, and I know it was a few years ago. You're bringing me on this trade, and he was garbage. You know what I'm saying? Then he was coming here, spring training, and tell me he might have had wrist problems. He might have not. You traded a guy who had just come over his wrist problems for a guy who had wrist problems and turned out to be garbage. Comes in spring training and is garbage. The stuff right, that but, he says out of his mouth is garbage. You would have so talked to nobody, me about, I hate home runs that were foul last year that nobody recognized. But, but Hector, here's the thing. recognize H- that. Hector, here's the thing. Why do you get caught up in right now when you know that in the event, the likely event, that Ruff does suck and does not produce, he is going to be cut like he's not going to be it's not going to be a problem it may be a problem for a month or a few weeks in April it is not going to be a long term issue don't you trust that they'll move on from him he's not going to be here all year honestly no i don't trust i know you love that but i still don't trust that player i don't i don't right, but what do you think he's just like going to keep said, a guy why, who stinks on why, the roster why, for... with Ruff? why do i have to give Ruff the benefit of listen I I was upset. I, I was disappointed that Alvarez didn't make the team, but I understood it. He didn't deserve to make the team. I also think that, you know, they trashed this kid so much about his defense. So, obviously, he focused so much on that. I think he showed that like, he's a competent catcher. 
But do I feel like maybe he put so much pressure on himself to try to make the scenes because they've been bad-mouthing him so much? You got to learn English. You got to do this. You got to pitch frame better. You got to... And he wants to make the team. He told us how bad he wants to make the team. He puts a little bit too much pressure on himself. Okay. He had an ankle issue. His spring got started late. I understand. Do I want Brady Beatty on the team? Would I have liked him to make the team? Absolutely. You want to tell me that he can hit some benchmarks, maybe a few more games in the minors. You want to give Escobar a chance, even though I'm not an Escobar guy, but I believe that Escobar can have a better year for, for a variety of reasons. One being he solved his personal problems that he told us about. So maybe that helps. Okay, I can accept that. What I cannot accept is Darren Ruff on this team, Sal. This team has, even though with Diaz is down and everything, I want Eric. The season is not over. season is not over. There's a long way to go. I hope not. It hasn't even started. It hasn't even. You're insane. Why do I have to go in there and boo Darren Ruff on opening day? Why do we have to have this dark cloud on the seat? Why not give this kid? He's he's insignificant. Hector, he is a bench player. He is a bench player. Thank you for the call. Get your damn headset fixed so you can hear what I'm talking to you. My goodness, we can't even have a conversation. You can't hear me when I'm trying to interject. Darren Ruff is an insignificant bench player. He will not be on the roster come October. They're going to give him an opportunity, not just because of the money that that he's making here, but because they believe in a veteran bat and giving him the opportunity. They think last year maybe it was an aberration. His wrist was hurt, coming over with the pressures in New York. Let's see what Ruff can do in a full year. Maybe there is something there. And in the likely case that it's not, they're going to move on from him, just like they did with Robinson Cano last year. Did it? You know, the Mets had Cano, J.D. Davis, Dom Smith last year. Did it cost them? They won 101 games. Not saying that that's going to be the same result this year, and obviously every game is important, but it doesn't matter right now that they're choosing rough. You know, you who'd you want instead? You want Vientos? What do you know what Vientos is? Vientos, as a matter of fact, may have more value down in AAA and is an eventual trade chip for a real bat as opposed to bringing him up here in the big leagues and having him get exposed. Maybe there's that angle too. Beatty will be here, just a matter of when. Maybe a few weeks, maybe a month. Beatty will be here. He will contribute. You're you're getting – I understand that the – vitriol toward rough i get that part of it what you're not understanding is it's insignificant look i don't want vogel back on this team i've been spewing that since last year and then all spring again i don't want vogel back on this team he's not any good i'm sorry you know maybe nice guy funny commercials easy to root for lovable guy for whatever reason he's not good at playing baseball i want good baseball players if you're asking me who I think is a bigger problem, I think the bigger problem is Vogelback because he's going to be playing every day. Ruff is not. He'll be playing against lefties to start. Vogelback's going to be in there. they got to do better at DH than Vogelback and Ruff. And they will eventually, just not now. Patience. Get the discussion started. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. 
Salakata back on the fan going to 5 a.m. The warm-up show with Alan Jerry on this Monday morning, 877-337-6666. Been mostly baseball. We touched on the Knicks a little bit and the local hockey. The you know, we hope the Islanders could get in the postseason. Devils have clinched their spot. Rangers, we know, will be there. Islanders have lost two straight. But they're, you know, in all likelihood going to make the postseason. We'll have all three local hockey teams in it, which should be fun. Knicks and Nets also, as uh, playoffs are approaching here uh, very soon. And, of course, opening day, though, this week. So it's been a lot of baseball. Volpe and the Yankees. The Yankees rotation and the Mets question marks. It just seems the, you know, there's a, a negative feel with this Mets team. And I look, I get it off the Diaz stuff, but overall, it shouldn't be that bad. Think about, you know, Mets fans are funny. Think about where they were two years ago or three years ago. They're coming off a 101 season, and you, you're, you're worried about Darren Ruff. And if you're going to be worried about a DH, Vogelback is the problem. How are you okay with Vogelback, but not Ruff? Yeah, Ruff is the worst. He's insignificant. He's a bench player. Vogelbeck's going to be playing every day, and he stinks. He stinks. He's a DH with a big body that doesn't hit for power. He's a guy that looks for a walk but clogs up the base pads when he's on the base. He can't run. He can't throw. He can't field. He doesn't hit for high average, doesn't hit for power. What the hell does Vogelback do exactly that you guys love? Matter of fact, I'd venture to say that Ruff, if healthy, would be more productive doing his job than Vogelback doing his. There's always got to be somebody who you're going to pick on and hate. You're worried about Ruff. He's literally the last guy on the roster. He's the last guy on the roster. Those guys change all the time. Matter of fact, he may not even make the team. There's still a possibility LeCastro gets that spot over him. The Mets, bottom line is Mets need a big bat. They'll get one eventually. Scott is calling from Hamilton. What's up, Scott? What's up, Sal? How are you, Scott? Sal, I, I know you're getting calls about this nonstop, but, you know, first off, Ruff is hitting in spring 162. And I grant, I get what you're saying about you know Vogelbach being a problem, but Ruff is more of a problem than Vogelbach was. Why? He doesn't play. Vogelbach He's not playing. Yeah, but Sal, he came in last year, right? Now, grant, it was a small sample. He came in last year, and he's hitting for power. What was it, seven games in a row you know, that they won when he came? He's hitting for power. Who Ruff are we talking about? Nothing. Oh, Vogelbach. We're talking yeah. about Vogelbach. Right. He came in. They had a seven-win game stretch, remember? Okay, then, one you know, one stretch. So and and that's it. What else? I, I, I mean, get what... It, but but you can't. But so I, I I understand what you're trying to say, but you can't say that Vogelback is a bigger problem than Ruff when Vogelback at least did something for the team last year. No, he didn't. Ruff did number nothing. one, no number one Vogelback. Yeah, I agree. Ruff did nothing. Number one, Vogelback didn't do much. But the reason why I'm saying he's a bigger problem is because he is in the lineup every day. Darren Ruff is not going to play if even if he you know look he may not make the team and even if he does he's going to play against lefties that is it that's it I, I get yeah. it but if Acosta doesn't play over or over rough that's a major issue giving him a chance they already talked about he has the wrist injury 
So that should already be a non-factor with McCastro making it over the team, yeah, over Ruff. I mean, there's multiple problems with Ruff. Send them to Philly. Send them to Miami. Send them anywhere. Do not put him on the opening day roster. Scott, he he's good. Here. He hasn't done anything uh, to deserve it, Sal. I, I understand. Well, he's had a career. I mean, he is. And thank you for the call, Scott. We appreciate checking in. Yeah, Darren Ruff has had a career of mashing left-handed pitching. That is what he's done to deserve it. What has Vientos done? What has Tim LaCastro done? I mean, my God, you guys are making me defend Darren Ruff. I don't even like him. I don't want Ruff on the team, but at least I understand how insignificant it is. He is the last guy on the right. He's the 26th man on the team. If he makes it, that's what you're worried about? Mets got way bigger issues. Who's going to close out bowl games? Making sure that starting rotation is healthy and deep. Who's going to be the protection for Lindor and Alonzo in that lineup? Are they going to get production from Escobar at third base? What about Vogelback at DH? And you're worried about the 26th guy on the roster. Ruff has had a career. He's a veteran big leaguer who has mashed lefties. He did nothing when he came over last year. Agreed. It was a small sample size. Vogelback is a much bigger problem or concern because he is supposed to play every day. He is in that lineup as a DH the majority of time against right-handed pitching. Darren Ruff is the last guy on the roster. Gino's calling from Levittown. What's up, Gino? Hey, you're right about Ruff. I got to tell you, you're right about him. Uh, he's he's not going to play. So, you know, I don't know why the Mets fans are going crazy over it. The other thing I want to touch on is thank uh, you. Talk fast about the Jets for a minute, so. Yeah, go ahead. The Jets, what, we'll take them to the big dance as far as I'm concerned. I want to know if you agree with me or not. It's the offensive line and a healthy Bryce Hall. You give Bryce me those Hall. combinations with Rodgers and they're going to the big dance. What do you think? Uh, I don't think the Jets are going to the Super Bowl, but they, I mean, I, look, I mean, they need Aaron Rodgers. That's number one. And yeah, you would need good line play and be able to run the football. I think, though, if the Jets are going to go to, as you say, the big dance, it's got to be because of their defense. Well, I'm giving you the defense. I think the defense will be there. But that's, the that's going to be the difference. Be there. Otherwise, forget about Rodgers. No, well, you you could say that about everything, though. Every team's going to need to be complete, right? I mean, you you could say that about everything, but the the Jets, the difference yeah, for the Jets are the is going to be the quarterbacks that are more versatile than Rodgers, so they can make up for it a little bit. No, well, that's why I think the Jets have to make it up with their defense. All right, all right, yeah. I'll buy that. Is that thank it, you, you know? Sal? Okay, I all right, yeah, no, no problem. Thank you for the call. I thought you were going to talk some Yankees, and instead you want to talk some Jets. Vogelback, you know, you guys are talking about Darren Ruff this spring. Rough this spring, and by the way, I don't care about spring training, but just because you're bringing it up, I'll, I'll bring it up. Uh, rough this spring, 167, nine strikeouts, one RBI. Vogel back this spring, five RBI, 12 strikeouts, and is hitting a robust 205. He is eight for 39, where Rough was five for 30. I mean, both guys suck, but you're worried about the wrong one. Vogelback is more 
and a more important piece of this team, more integral part of this team. He's the problem. Ruff is a bench player. You know how many times the Mets are going to rotate out the 26th man on the roster this year? It's like Ruff is a reminder for you guys of last year's failures for whatever reason. When even then, he was insignificant. He is the one guy that Met fans just can't stand under any circumstances. And I get it. Believe me, I do get it. He had 66 at-bats last year in 28 games for the Mets. That's it. 66 at-bats. He's insignificant. Vogelback a much bigger part. Vogelback, I mean, you know, you guy hit six homers with the Mets last year. You make it like he's a power hitter. Six, six home runs. In 55 games, six homers. He had 18 on the year. He's the problem. Trust me. Vogelback is a bigger concern. You want to call and talk about him? Then you'd be right. Chris is calling from Manhattan. What's up, Chris? Hey, Sal. Great to speak with you. You know, um, you make a really good point about that. I want to talk about the Mets lineup in a second. But I think what happens, you know, with the callers is that we, there's emotion and then there's like what has to happen and they get merged. And you're right. I think, you know, Vogelback's kind of a loved character, so we cut him some slack. Uh, the rough thing, I just think, and I want to talk about the lineup, the rough thing, I think part of it is when they made that trade, I don't remember the specifics, but I remember people saying like, oh, they gave up a lot of players for him. So maybe that's an added reason why when he didn't deliver, people were still hanging on to that. But, you know. Like you said, that role is a second role. I, I guess they also need someone to play some first once in a while. Is it maybe that he's the only guy that does right. that? I don't know. Well, they don't have don't a backup know. first baseman. You know why? Because right. Vogelback can't get his rear end on the field. Well, Vogelback can't throw and he can't field. And the thing is, when he gets on first, you need three hits or walks to get him in. So, you know, so that's yeah. The other, yeah. Other than that, right. Other than that, he's great. Doesn't hit for power. Doesn't hit for high average. Clogs up the base pads. The guy goes up there looking for a wall. Clogs up the base pads. By the way, these are all yeah. things that uh, he was five feet away from me in the clubhouse over uh, the course of last weekend. <laughs> you that didn't said say nothing. that in front of him, though. No, I didn't say <laughs> any word. Not that I'm afraid to, but I don't want to cause a problem. No, I was, no, you're right. I was waiting. I was I was hoping he wasn't going to come up to me because I, I mean what would I say? I'd call him right out. I mean, bro, you got a glove in this room or what? I mean, get you can't even take you can't even field, and you want me to take it easy on you? Like, what do you do exactly? Do you hit for power? Do you hit for average? Do you field? Right. I like him personally. He seems like a fun dude, but like, come on! I mean, yeah. got to perform. I hear you. Well, you say, I think because his archetype doesn't even doesn't fit into the kind of player that you know buck likes the sense of buck so good with maneuvering people around so anyway that is what it is but listen and the thing about Beatty, emotionally i wanted him on the club i think he did play well enough but maybe there's something to be said for you know and all we saw with the mets and you know with them losing some um some momentum down the stretch maybe a brett Beatty coming up in may or june will be that much better and help us more when we need him so there's something to be said for that you know um, Correct. But I, look, I want to look at the lineup. I play this little game around this time where you look at what they have and what the expectation is quickly. So, like, if you look at it, like, Nimmo, I think it's fair to say his numbers will be the same, maybe slightly better, right? But then you go down the line, McNeil, I, I, you like to think that's kind of what you have, although that was, you know, maybe he'll come down a little Lindor and, and uh, Alonzo. Can they both repeat similar numbers? What do you think? 
Probably. Uh, they're they're <laughs> going to have to. I mean, that that is, right. Chris, honestly, one of the biggest right. questions. And thank you for the call. That is one of the biggest questions. And that's part of the reason you know, a guy like me, who's a law of averages guy, like, oh, yeah, they did it last year, but can they do it again? It makes me nervous because you think that there's going to be a, a natural decline in somebody's performance. But with those two, the reason why I think that they could do it again, I, I went over the numbers with Alonzo before. He's been consistent in his young major league career, where three of the four years, forget the pandemic year, so three years really, he's been as consistent as you can possibly be. Lindor has been a player that's played at a high level outside of his first year in New York. Where have we seen that before? So I do believe that those guys, if they could stay healthy, and you know these are guys who play every every day last year, if they could stay healthy, they will put up the numbers. I just believe in those two guys being consistent. Consistency is one of the hardest things you could find in professional sports and in life, really. And what is anything without consistency? But, yes, I do think, hey, look, maybe there's a, a slight decline, but part of the issue with the Mets is that there's no room for that. That's where the concern is. It's less about those guys performing because I do think that they will perform to the level that they did a year ago and more about, well, what if, for whatever reason, they don't? They the Mets right now, as currently constructed, need Alonzo and Lindor to do what they did a year ago. And then have some of the other stuff go right. Marte, Nimmo, McNeil, and so on. But without Lindor and Alonzo performing at that level, they're screwed. Because they they need that and more. And that's why you kind of look at third base or DH and say, well, if they get anything from Vogelback, if they get anything from Escobar, if they get a top-tier performance from Nimmo, maybe a little more power, if Mark Canna hits a little more with a little more power, then maybe they could have a slight decline in either Lindor or Alonzo. But do you trust that any of those are going to happen? I do think Nimmo could hit with more pop, maybe Canna. That could be a difference maker if either of those guys hit with a little more power. But bottom line is they still need Lindor and Alonso. They, this team is reliant. They they are maybe too heavily reliant on the production of those two guys, Lindor and Alonso. And this offense will go. We're known for being polite, so we give you a chance to talk too. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. on the fan finish up on the phones here Alan Jerry coming up in just a little bit Jimmy's calling from Manahawk in New Jersey good morning Jimmy hey what's going on Sal how are you Jimmy pretty good um you know what I would do if if a Vogelbach let off an inning I would just walk them create like a Long Island expressway traffic jam George is calling from Rockaway what's up George hey Sal how you doing Good, George. Uh, How are you, know, you? Good, thanks. You know, you know, leave it to the Mets to complicate the easiest decisions. Yeah, the DH spot finally comes to the league, and all you got to do is go out and get a hitter. I mean, how many options were better that we could have just picked up you know, in the past two years? I mean, we could have had Kyle Schwarber a couple of years ago, and you could have had Jose Abreu this past offseason. 
I'm not saying I love those guys or anything, but, I mean, for $20 million, whatever it is, that your Brayo contract, I mean, that's leaps and bounds better than we got. And it makes our lives better. I would bet, I, and I don't know this, and maybe one day I'll ask him, I would bet that if Steve Cohen could go back to last offseason and do one thing differently, he would add Kyle Schwarber. It's only money. He's got money, and Kyle Schwarber is the exact bat that the Mets need, a power bat, and you're right, slot him in a DH. It's the perfect fit. They screwed that one up. I also think that long-term, I mean, I know no one wants to talk about it, but, you know, especially given the history of the Mets prospects over the past 20, 30 years, whatever, you know, Alvarez, I know he's got a lot of pop in that bat, I mean, I just, with the eye test, we, we drafted this kid, uh, Barada, in, at, uh, in um, 2022. I mean, there's, I don't think that Alvarez can, is going to be a long-term catcher for this team. Behind the plate every day, catching 130 games, I just don't see it. his body type. He's 20 years old, and he's just, he, he's just too big. He's too thick. I don't think he's going to be too durable. I, honestly, if, I'd rather bring him up and just give him a shot and see if you can get, you know, like in the bottle and just let him be a pure slugger. I'd rather have him be our DH starting the year. Well, they want him. They they want Uh, him, George, and thank you for the call. They want him to make sure, much like everybody else, they, they, before bringing up these prospects, they want their game to be as complete as possible. They're not going to bring these guys up. And by the way, they shouldn't have to bring them up and force the issue. The Mets are in a luxurious position as an organization. They have the highest payroll in baseball. They could also go out there and add, whether it's at the deadline or wherever else. So they shouldn't have to force the issue with a rookie. Part of why Met fans were clamoring for Alvarez or even Beatty last year was because of the DH spot. They needed a DH. And you're right. The Mets have made it so difficult to find a DH. It shouldn't be that hard. Just find a guy that can hit. That's it. And they have not been able to do that. Cano? Nope. Dom Smith, nope. J.D. Davis, nope. Daniel Vogelback, nope. Darren Ruff, nope. They haven't found that, they haven't found that guy yet. But what you can do is use that spot as a rotating spot. And maybe this year when Alvarez or when Beatty gets called up, they use Escobar there on occasion. Maybe they use it to give other guys you know, a rest or get a guy in a lineup. You know, Let's say you have... I don't know, Nimmo DH or something. I don't know, get him out of center field. You have fam in the lineup. You know, whatever. They could just use that as an open spot. Or they could also bring up Alvarez and have Alvarez be a third catcher slash DH. But his defense, he's got a rocket for an arm. And his body is catcher-like. I mean, that's what catchers used to look like. So I wouldn't worry about that just yet. He's going to get an opportunity to be a big league catcher. No catcher plays, you know, 140 games anymore. I don't, at least I don't think. I feel like they almost they're all split now. Let's say even a 70-30 split or a 60-40 split. And we don't know about his bat yet. He had a miserable spring offensively. Carmelo calling from Astoria. What's up, Carmelo? How you doing? Hey, you my friends are crazy. I tell you. The season hasn't even started, and they're going crazy. I know. Um, the Knicks, if they're gonna if they're gonna compete in the East for the playoffs for next this year, next year, they gotta. I mean, they gotta get a better center than Robinson. 
You can't yeah, he's just... not the problem, though. I don't know, but I mean, like, you got Giannis in there, and you got LB. It, it makes it pretty tough. Who? Don't you think? Oh, Embiid? Embiid? Yeah. Yeah, well, but that's not the problem. I mean, you're not going to be able to get players like that. Mitchell Mitchell Robinson does his job well. His job is to defend. His job is to rebound. He actually does that well. Yeah, but you, Nick's history, we always have a good center, a decent center with points, some, some points in there, not just what he rebounds. Well, that's why it's more important to have R.J. Barrett actually shoot, you know, a shooting guard that doesn't shoot. A guy who thinks yeah. he could shoot the three, but but can't. Mitchell Robinson's role—he is a def- he's a rim protector, a defensive yeah. center, and a rebound machine. That's his yeah. role, and he does that role well. The other guys do not do their jobs as well as Mitchell Robinson does. And by the way, just because the Knicks had success with Patrick Ewing or Willis Reed doesn't mean that they're going to have to have that in 2023. The game has changed. Aaron, I want to talk about the Yankees. I mean, you're a big Yankee fan, mm-hmm. but. I don't think the Yankees are going to make the World Series. Why? They need the, the, the pitching. They have, pitching is hard to come by nowadays, right? Good pitching. Well, right? I mean, they did They did go out there and get Rodon or Rodon, however the hell you say his name. I know it's been bold. Yeah. They did go out there and get Rodon. He's hurt. I mean, Severino, look, it was supposed to be Cole, Rodon, Cortez, Severino, and Montas. Three of those guys are hurt to start the year. Uh, so, I mean, I mean they had the pitching, way- but... That's not the way to start the season, but I don't know. I, mean, I think they'll I think they'll be okay though, Carmelo, and thank you for the call. I think they'll be okay. I mean, sit here and say they're gonna make the World Series. They haven't done it since two thousand nine. And almost every year since then I'm like, Oh, the Yankees are gonna be in the World Series again. Oh, the Yankees certainly since twenty seventeen. Forget from oh nine to seventeen, let's just start with seventeen. After they got to game seven of the ALCS in that great series before they, you know, lost that game seven of the Astros in Houston. I thought for sure, all right, well, 2018 is going to be their year. All right, 2019 going to be their year. 2020, this has to be the year. 2021, 2022, and here we are in 2023, and they still have not gotten over the hump to get back to a World Series, let alone win one. This could be the year. I mean, they're there every year in the postseason every year. They're close. Are they as good as the Astros? Probably not. I love the addition that they made with Rodon. He was the big upgrade. Unfortunately, he's out for the first month. Pat is calling from the Bronx. What's up, Pat? Have you ever seen seen as much pressure on one player to perform as Darren Rupp? I mean, yes. I I know what you're saying because the fans hate him anyway, and it's like every at-bat is going to be scrutinized because he only gets a few anyway. But, you know, obviously, Pat, there have been players with big contracts, with high expectations. There are zero expectations for Darren Rupp, especially at this point. Okay. And thank you for the call, Pat. Appreciate you checking in. All right. I mean, I know what you're saying about the pressure from Ruff or from the fans about Ruff, where they just can't stand the guy because he did nothing last year and is limited at-bats. But I think it's beyond that point where there's no – even if Ruff – Ruff can homer his first five times up this year – and it's still going to be like, oh, yeah, okay, big deal, guy. Where was that last year? You still suck, Ruff. Like, there's nothing he can do that is going to win Met fans over, especially immediately. In the long term, if he does get off to a good start, let's say, and eventually produces consistently, then maybe Met fans will start to at least open up to him a little bit. But even then, 
I'm not so sure that that's going to be the case. The focus should not be on Darren Ruff. There are way bigger issues. Who's close? You know, same thing with Volpe. Yeah, it's great. It's a great story. Everybody's excited. That should not be where the focus is. Now that that's over and we know who the Yankees starting shortstop is and it's Volpe, the focus should be, okay, what's up with the starting rotation? What type of year are they going to get from Josh Donaldson? How's the outfield going to look? Can Stanton play in the outfield? And with the Mets, the last thing on anybody's mind should be Darren Ruff. He's so insignificant, it's not even worth discussing. All due respect. He's the 26th man on their roster. Who's going to close games out? Who's going to be the DH? Who's going to protect Alonzo and Lindor in that lineup? Those are the questions that you need to answer. All right, thanks uh, thanks to Fleegs, as always. Thanks to EJ as well. We appreciate his help. Thanks to everybody who called and listened. I appreciate each and every one of you. Be back again tonight at midnight. We'll see you then. The warm-up show with Alan Jerry. That's coming up next. Enjoy your Monday. Sports Radio 101.9 FM.